0: Um, Well, we've got a reading now uh, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 27 to 32. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus says to him. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house Well, can I add my welcome to Mark's if you've joined us since the beginning of the service? And Daniel, thank you so much for reading. As Mark mentioned, today we're going to be starting a new series, Meals with Jesus. Why? Because meals matter. Meals strengthen families and friendships. Meals turn strangers into friends. They bring joy and create new connections. They enable rich, and real conversations to take place. And Jesus knew this more than most. In fact, over 20% of Luke's gospel is taken up with Jesus eating with others. One scholar commented, in Luke's gospel, Jesus is either going to a meal, at a meal, or coming from a meal. One of the things that I love most about having a meal with someone is that you always leave getting to know them feeling that you got to know them a little bit better, whether that's a new connection or someone that you've been friends with for years and years. Recently, I had dinner with one of my very old friends and I got to meet her nephew, who's just turned 20 for the first time. And just seeing their dynamic, the way that he teased her the way that she responded with such affection, it just gave me a new insight into my friend. And that's really our prayer for this series too, that through it, each one of us will get to know Jesus just a little bit better. Our hope is that through it, our souls will be nourished and well fed. And today's meal is the first meal that Jesus enjoys in Luke's Gospel. And it's no ordinary lunch with friends, but a full-on party, a great banquet that Levi hosts at his house. But before we get to the meal itself, let me give us a little bit of context. In the opening chapters of Luke's Gospel, Jesus sets out, or Luke sets out, Jesus' CV he wants us to be certain that Jesus has all the necessary qualifications to be God's saviour for the world. And to support this, his referees are none other than the angels, the prophets and God himself, who all endorse this. Imagine calling one of them to get the lowdown on Jesus. And having set out Jesus' credentials... Luke then goes on to share Jesus' manifesto, that he's come into the world to rescue sinners, something that today's passage will help us understand better. Just before we meet Levi, Jesus proves that he really does have the power to forgive sins by healing a paralytic man. So having already taken the crowd by surprise, he does something with an even higher shock value. He calls an unlikely sinner to follow him. So our first point, the scandal, Jesus calls unlikely sinners to follow him. Look with me at verse 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, sitting as his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. It's worth saying that being a tax collector at the time was definitely not the equivalent of working at HMRC. Tax collectors were despised. They'd not only sold themselves out to work for the Romans, but they were scammers, creaming off money for themselves from the extra taxes that they charged. Their association with the Romans was not just morally despicable, but made them spiritually unclean, cutting them off from God. And yet knowing all this, Jesus still approaches Levi, summoning him to follow me. Let's just pause for a moment to think about how remarkable this is. Incredibly, Jesus doesn't just write Levi off, but instead he deliberately seeks a relationship with him. And Levi was one of the worst sinners and yet he wasn't beyond Jesus' saving grace. And that means neither are you or me or anyone for that matter. No matter what we've done in the past or how bad we think our lives look, Jesus wants us to follow him. And Levi immediately responds by getting up, leaving everything and following him, verse 28. Levi would have been blown away by Jesus' approach and offer. In contrast to many, Levi would have been under no illusion about his moral and spiritual bankruptcy. Levi knows only too well that he is spiritually sick And when Jesus invites him into a relationship with him, there's no hesitation. He willingly accepts and turns away from his old way of living. A few years back, I spent a bit of time in several prisons. Well, visiting rather than actually in prison. And one of the things that I noticed about a lot of the people I met was that they were only too aware of their sin. They knew that they'd made mistakes and got things wrong. And when they realized that Jesus still wanted them to follow him, many, like Levi, graciously accepted. One guy I met, let's call him Mike, couldn't stop waxing lyrical about how Jesus had turned his life around. He said for the first time, his life had purpose and meaning. And if Jesus inviting one tax collector to follow him wasn't shocking enough, Jesus causes an even greater scandal by attending a banquet at Levi's house with all Levi's mates, more tax collectors and others, verse 29. Having had his life totally transformed, it's only natural that Levi wants his friends to know Jesus too. And surely if we're a Christian here, that's what we should most want for our friends and colleagues too. But the scandal is that Jesus actually wanted to spend time with them. He wanted to get to know them. He doesn't wait for them to clean their act up first. He meets them where they're at. But in the eyes of the religious elite, this was totally the wrong crowd for Jesus to be hanging out with. And when we reflect on the guest list, perhaps we too might be tempted to think they've actually got a point. To get the shock, let's put it in the present context. Let's be under no illusions. This was no harvest supper or middle class luncheon party. This was a party where every person came with an unsavoury story. The pilot who lived the high life whilst away from his family. The business owner who was involved in tax evasion and worker exploitation. The celebrity for whom women were simply a commodity. The career climber who was willing to do whatever it took to get ahead, no matter the cost. It's comparable to Rishi Sunak visiting the US and rather than going to the White House and having dinner with the president, choosing to spend the evening at the house of a local drug baron where the Coke on offer is slightly stronger than the Coca-Cola that Rishi is used to. But incredibly or outrageously, Jesus wanted to meet with each one of them. And the question we need to ask is why? And that's exactly what the Pharisees did ask in verse 30. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And this leads to our second point, the danger, misunderstanding Jesus' mission. Jesus' plans don't make sense because the Pharisees and teachers of the Lord totally misunderstand Jesus' mission. And the danger for us is that we too misunderstand what Jesus came to do. In verse 31, Jesus answers their question by saying, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I have a public confession to make. One of my favourite TV programmes is Casualty. I know my dad and in fact everyone I know can't bear the show, but for me it's a guilty pleasure. I started watching it with my mum as a child and I haven't stopped. But one of the things that is pretty obvious when you watch Casualty is that all the people who come through the hospital door are there because they need to see a doctor. Whether they've been pulled from a burning building or have been bitten by a viper and need antivenom, two of the recent stories, they need, and they know they need, medical treatment. But if one day the casualty doctors from Holby City or perhaps from St Thomas's across the river decided to set up an emergency department here in Parliament, they probably have a very quiet shift. You only go to see the doctor if you think you're ill and need treatment. But when Jesus talks about sickness, he's not talking about ill health, but the more fundamental sickness of sin. It's a sickness that every single one of us has. It's both an inherited condition that affects all of humanity and one that we're each responsible for. All of us have rebelled against God and failed to love him as we should. And we can't just ignore this sickness. It's serious and has eternal consequences. So what can we do about it? Well, the wonderful news is that there is a remedy. Jesus, the great physician, came into the world to offer healing for our sin sickness. But unless we accept we're ill, we're never going to go to Jesus for treatment. Levi knew he was sick. It was obvious to him and he graciously accepted the remedy on offer. In contrast, the Pharisees presumed that they were just fine with God and that they didn't need him. After all, they were spiritually and morally upstanding in their minds. They assumed they were righteous, but they were in fact self-righteous. They failed to see that they, like Levi, were sick, and needed saving. But what about you? Have you recognised that like Levi that you're sick and need saving? Or are you more like the Pharisees presuming that you're just fine and if God actually exists and you were ever to meet him at the pearly gates you would be just allowed in? Jesus can only help if you're willing to acknowledge that you're sick. But amazingly, if you do acknowledge this, he welcomes you with open arms and is able to make you well. Just like with the NHS, Jesus' medical treatment is on offer to absolutely everyone, and it's free at no cost to you. But you have to accept you need it in order to receive it. Normally, the medicine or remedy that a doctor gives is outside himself, but Jesus becomes the remedy we need. Similarly, medical treatment is not normally costly to the doctor who gives it, but for Jesus, it was the most costly thing he could possibly give. He gave up his life by dying on the cross so that we could be healed from the sickness of sin. Jesus is the great physician who calls unlikely sinners to follow him. So as we finish, what would it look like for you to be like Levi, to get up and to follow Jesus? To turn away from your current way of life and to put him first instead? Levi's desire to introduce all his friends to Jesus showed that he was certain he'd made the right choice. Likewise, for us, choosing to follow Jesus will not only be the best, but also the most important decision we can ever make. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for calling sick people like us to follow you. Help us to recognise our sickness, but also to turn to you as the great physician who brings healing and transformation.